You're listening to the Ecological Podcast, all about our positive partnerships with horses and other animals through work and play. Your hosts are Rebecca Bayliss from Little Green Stables and Kate Blackmore from Ecological Positive Partnerships. At the beginning of last week's podcast, we talked about me being a little bit worried about walking rum out on my own. Um, well, not on my own necessarily, but with somebody, but walking him out. And actually, brave pants on this week in between last week and this week, we've had some really great walkouts and I have done some liberty leading with rum, which have gone really, really well. Woo-hoo! We chose some really uh, good areas. So we chose a very quiet country road, but it was hailing. So the weather was horrendous, <laughs> and he was he was very good, and we did a little bit in the woods as well. So I'm really, really chuffed that that has happened, and that I can build on that and build my confidence with that. So that's a little bit of my update from, from last week. We're so, very um, proud of you. I'm quite proud of myself, but I'm very proud of him because he is... You know, we choose the moments, but he's, he's um, yeah, he's, he's doing really well. So it's good. So tomorrow, that'll be Tuesday. Yeah. No, yeah, it will be Tuesday. Up. Yeah, but it won't be. So this would have come out last. <coughs> the post and the video of you walking out. Gonna be would, out of date. Would, would, is going to be out of date. It's going to be out of date. Because we record this slightly earlier. So actually, if last week... The week before you're listening to this, there will be a post on Ecological and yes, we'll be on yours. Right. Yeah, we'll be um, on mine. Yeah. And which will be Be Becky doing a leading. Yeah, exactly. Really yeah. yeah. So I'm really chuffed. Yes. Yeah, so the video so check that out. The video <laughs> goes out before this podcast. It's really yeah. Confusing. I know. It is a bit confusing because you're in a little time warp. But hey, that's uh, at least it's not Groundhog Day anymore. No, um, no exactly. <coughs> yeah, so, well, yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Day. <laughs> um, but we had a really interesting session again with Rum today. It was very, very cold and he was a little bit distracted and a little bit... Um, woo, <laughs> hi, I would say, uh, um, for one word. But um, what would you say, Kate? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I would say uh, hi. And I think um, he got very over threshold quickly, which is the subject of today's podcast. But before we go on to that, I Mm -hmm. just wanted to link back into something we were talking about either last week or the week before, Mm -hmm. which was about... Um, roughing off. <laughs> oh, okay. So that wasn't we last week, that. it was the week before. It was the week before, yeah. okay. Um, but which also, not just roughing off, but it was also, you know, talking about all different kinds of um, disciplines and when um, the horses get put out to field and blah, blah, blah. Have a all break. That kind of, have, have a, a break. break. Have a break. Or their holidays. Yeah. So um, you've heard me talk before about one of my favourite, like, research uh, pages, which is Ethology Layer Landsage. Now, this is a group of French researchers that carry out all this awesome, um, all these awesome kind of, uh, this research, and I'd love to be a part of it one day, go there, because they have, like, this whole setup, and they kind of look like they just go, yeah, let's look at this. I'm sure it doesn't work like that, but it kind of, you know. Um, Anyway, this was published in Science Direct, and I've only got the highlights of it, but it was um, research carried out on the effects of a temporary period on pasture on the welfare state of horses housed in individual boxes. They're all French, so it's slightly... The English is a little bit off. (laughs) So individual boxes, obviously, is what we mean by stables. stables, Okay. So um, I'm just going to talk about the results quickly. Okay. um, Because um, they were really interesting. So these horses were 
in stables and then they were on off on their holidays in a field for you know a couple of weeks and then they came back into their stables or a month and came back into their stables um so the results were that uh, a temporary period on pasture did not improve the horse's welfare when stabled again (sighs) say that again a temporary temporary period on pasture yeah didn't improve their horse's welfare when stabled again let me let me talk about the results first and then that will make more sense, okay? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Because this is, you know, we thought, yay, okay, they get time out if they may be in quite an intense job. But it's, it goes a little bit more in depth than that. Um, so there were benefits, but there were also some pretty bad things that okay. had results. Don't worry, it's okay, it's okay. Um, right, stereotypies and aggressive behaviours towards humans decreased when they were on the pasture. Okay, which is that's fine. good. We and get that, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The pasture environment enhanced the expression of natural behaviours, well, which obviously good. it would do. Um, there were... Um, the sudden marked environmental changes seemed to be challenging for the horses. So those that were stabled and maybe um, uh, some of them struggled basically going out for the drastic change and they didn't know what was going on. It so the routine, the change in the routine. Yeah, we're going to delve, I'll delve a little bit deeper into that because okay. it, will, it will make more sense. So um, most horses, there was a drastic reduction in ticks, less anxiety and aggression and a return to time budgets. So do you know what I mean by return to time budgets? No. So what that means is time budgets is the amount of time spent grazing, dozing, REM sleep, idling. So a horse's day in the world, they have these time budgets mm-hmm. where they have different, um, they do different activities during the day. So yeah. in a stable, that changes because there's nothing to go by and they've got no herd to idle with and everything goes out the window mm-hmm. whereas when they're out those time budgets are a lot more you know they spend that 16 to 18 hours like foraging per day okay. yeah whereas they wouldn't in a in a box because you know you're given a certain amount of mm-hmm. hay or hay mm. reduction in ticks does that mean that means like um you know not the parasite you mean no yeah yeah. okay just just (laughs) double checking because if they're out all the time you'd think there would be an increase in ticks but okay yeah um so but for some of the horses the transition was really difficult so Mm. there were signs of depression um what happened is initially um the change initially you saw you know depression you saw these um these kind of non-coping behaviours and then that lessened over time because okay. if you think about it you know it is a complete change and, yeah. and they don't understand it's like a house move isn't it yeah yeah and I that don't know stressful. about you but I can't I, <clears throat> yeah. I'm a tourist I don't like change at all um, so do, just do you think horses have the star signs too sorry <laughs> <laughs> Oh, um, uh, moving on. Let's not that. <laughs> I like the question though. Um, so, what happened when they went back into the stable when they had to return? Well, unfortunately, this is where you saw this like maximum rebound, mm. um, um, which kind of negates anything that the turnout helped with. So, um, it was really difficult for the horses to bear it going back to that stabled mm-hmm. routine. Um, 
there's an explosion of ticks and anxiety, so grooming, doing all those things that, you know, the coping behaviours, especially, now they call them the apathetic horses, which I would say are those with condition suppression. Okay. Um, um, they fell into a worse condition when they went back in than they did before the holidays or before oh, the time gosh, away. So the break made it worse. Yeah. So what, what, how does this help us? This does help us. This research does help us because mm. it shows us that it is better to have um, a regular turnout for mm. a short period of time and then have the holiday out rather than just not having any time out and then just going straight for, mm. you know, boom, you're mm. having time off. That will help to avoid this, like, this this rebound effect when they go mm. back in the stable. Yeah. Yeah? Um, also, you know, it makes a big difference when you're um, turning out because if, if they're in a herd, I think that that makes it a lot more difficult to come back and be in that solitary confinement yes. within a stable as well. Yeah. So, you know, there's lots of things to consider, but I just thought that was really interesting because we had talked about it and actually, you know, there's there's positives and negatives, isn't there? It's a difficult one. It's a really difficult one. I think it's also, it's quite telling for um, people like me who keep my horses. And I'm, I'm thinking of a, uh, another colleague and a friend and a client of mine who keeps her horses as holistically as possible. So they have turnout, they have access to hard ground, they have access to a school. So very similar to mine. Um, and she's recently taken on loan a five-year-old horse that has been very much processed in a, in a um, conventional yard. And this horse has come to her and... There's lots of behaviours that are, are happening that aren't great. And actually, she's come on loan and, and it's not worked out and she's going back to the processed Aww. yard, which is, I know, so sad. But for my friend, um, it, it, she, it's, she's not fitting in, it's not working. Well, and Probably because <clears throat> it's, you're yeah. seeing, it, that would probably subside somewhat. Mm. But then the problem is with, you know the loan is that they have to go back I know I know it is very sad but also it, it, it you know it's great that we can keep our horses that I keep my horses as 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 well as I can do you know we all have limitations but I try and keep them with enough space and enough hard ground soft ground grass hay you know all of that um and you guys at Conquest too but it just when that's if that has to stop for whatever reason then Oh, it's quite depressing that actually, you know, how damaging it can be and how and how they cope, they, they seem to cope in that environment of that solitary confinement. I mean, they don't. We've got a horse, you've heard it screaming, haven't you, mm -hmm. over yeah. a couple of fields away. And um, it's so, so sad. She's in a very small paddock with no shelter, no hedgerow. It's just electric fencing, so she's got nothing to rub her herself on either if she's itchy she's got no gate she's got no scratching post she's got nothing but a bare cell basically bare paddock and she calls doesn't she yeah. all the time she calls all she the but time. she actually her call is very distressed it's a very distressed yeah. call it's not even like a hey no if someone talked to me it's like oh my god is there anyone there because yeah i'm not yeah. coping i know it's very very sad and unfortunately there is nothing 
we can do about it. But so anyway. this this as well, you know, this research, we've just been talking about, you know, I have a horse that I am trying yeah. to rehome because he hasn't worked out at the centre and he has done positive reinforcement training and he is... Um, he has been living out in a herd and, you know, and, and it's really, really, really difficult because it's very hard to find a place where there are natural management systems so he can have the life that he wants, mm. you know, or do you let him go to a stable? If you can't find that, you know, you have to find him a home, but, or do you, well, like, you know, this is where the, the difficulty comes up with horses because you want to do the very best by them, but it is, there's so many different things to consider in their welfare. Yeah. I think, I think, um, sometimes you have to compromise and that's not um we have to compromise in everything don't we really so i think that with our horses again you you know i'd love a big door in a big indoor arena i'd like a big indoor yard but it's not it doesn't it's not going to happen so i have to and i'm very lucky you know i've got an i've got a school and i've got a yard um but this time of year i would like it to be indoor <laughs> <laughs> but you know it, it's it we can't always have what we want for our horses or our animals you know it's the same with with all our animals um and there has to be some restrictions because it's the reality of how we live and um which is sad but it is true so i suppose the compromise for a horse that couldn't or, or doesn't want to be stabled um that it was stable for a minimal amount of time you know yeah absolutely or, absolutely or you get the you biggest just, stable you can you know for the horse and don't you just wish though that you could just explain that to them and go look you know you're going to go to this really great place but you're going to have to be in a stable yeah. for you know, X amount of hours, but don't worry, you'll be let out again, and this is like the, you know, I just, I know, I think, I think for that, that they need to listen to the enrichment podcast, because that's got all your, yes, all your um, enrichment for your stabled or box horse on box rest, doesn't it? Absolutely, and that goes a long way to help reducing the stress, so I think that's very good. I'm sure there'll be more research on this, so I'll keep uh, my eye on it, and we'll Yeah, it's really interesting, isn't it? It is. Good old French people leading the way. I know, exactly. So anyway, let's go on to today's subject, which Mm. is our... um, Threshold. Threshold. So yeah, we've just been working with Rum, who was really over the threshold. He was spicy. He was spicy today. Yeah, and I mean, you know, there is a... um, you can have a spicy horse and work with a spicy horse, mm-hmm. you know, work with the horse that you have today. But we had no connection going on today. That was the important mm. bit. There was a tiny bit, but I think he was spicy not just because it was cold, but something we believe happened overnight mm. for a start. Mm. So usually they're let out in your arena, aren't they? Well, they have at the moment because we've got, just got mud, basically. They've got two fields and the yard and the school that they and the hay barn that they all roam around. So it's quite a big area and they can go wherever they like in the daytime. And then in the night time I close off one of the fields and the hay barn. So they just have the yard, the school and one field, which is still actually quite a lot for them. Yeah. Uh, they spend most of their time in the yard and in the school because none of them really want to be in the mud. Um and Rum and Archie are the two that don't go in the mud. They really, really do not want to get muddy feet. But interesting, so normally when I poo pick in the morning, the school 
is there's one end of the school which is like a litter tray and that's where they seem to go. I've set up my cones. <laughs> yeah, that's where you put the cones. Well, this morning when I poop it, there was no poo in that litter tray area. It was all the other end. So they'd avoided that end mm. all night. So I don't know what happened. I don't know. But it was just very interesting because normally that's yes. the area where they poo so. yeah exactly and the other side of that area I know is the spooky area but he so today there was something happening off in the hills far away you know Becky lives in the middle of the Blackdown Hills it's mm. beautiful hills around there's not really that much traffic you hit so you know it's very quiet and you can see very far off can't you yeah. and well I mean rum can we yeah <laughs> and um there was obviously something going on and which was he was quite alerted to and it was very difficult to establish yeah. connection with him so you did a really good thing though today when he did that so what did you do I don't know what you learned, <laughs> no, but you you instinctively and maybe a little bit of what you've learned um you know, we were trying to teach new behaviours and stuff, and what did you do? Oh, I just said, this is too much for him, let's mm. go do something really easy. So mm. we just did some mat, um, working on the mats and going to the cones, which he just can do with his eyes shut. So it was just like, okay, go to the mat, went to the mat, go to the other mat, go to the mat, and, and that kind of brought him down. But he wasn't at a level where we could introduce anything new. Um, and when we did, he became he became quite snatchy and quite fidgety and you know I don't really want to do this didn't he it was, yeah, it was yeah. very clear but yeah. he could cope with doing some frustration there yes as well. there was some frustration but he could really cope with doing the basics he could cope with you know doing some leading from a cone to a cone and a mat to a mat but anything more than that was just a little bit too hard he did do some shoulders he did target some shoulders which was good so there's two things that come to mind of why those behaviors worked why yeah. getting him to sit so for you it was about simply getting him to touch the cones but um and because you instinctively knew to do that look at you becky the mm -mm. trainer uh, I just thought, <laughs> I, I just don't want to force Um No, but I think it's brilliant, but point. you know, you and a year ago, a year and a half ago, you wouldn't have known that, you would have gone... I'd have got frustrated. Yeah. I'd have yeah. got frustrated yeah. and gone, no, we are doing this, because that's what we plan to do. <laughs> yeah, and we will. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and then it's no fun for anybody. Um, okay, so number one is, because you had that movement in there. Yeah, because mm. he was moving from one cone to the other. So yes. that does help to dissipate the, the kind of, like, stressy yeah. over-thresholdness, okay? Yeah. Um. So, yeah, so that would have helped. But also, if you think back to all the targeting and stuff that you've done and the associations that he's made with that, you know, mm. so that basic stuff he associates positive mm. relaxed mm. you know all these yeah. these, these things and, and, the and it always goes, it's like for mm. us you know like smells and music can just take us to back to a place like that yeah. and all of a sudden we're transported i i think it's a little bit like that for them yeah they kind of yeah. go oh okay no i know this this is just the target okay i can just yeah i can do this yeah I've and got it this. evokes yes. these um emotions mm. that are very Mm. And to help keep him under threshold too, I used the 
the, the, the food that he had to chew more, so I used the the chaff and the speedy beet rather than the hay cobs and the carrot. So, so he's clever. got to, <laughs> you know, he's got to spend more time processing his food and thinking and everything. Absolutely, and that kind of also helps with that seeking system. Yeah. Yeah. So that constant searching, that scene system. So something you can do at the beginning of a session is give a couple of real big handfuls mm-hmm. um, so that it kind of switches that off a little bit because they're sati- <clears throat> satiated. Is that yes. how you say it? Yeah. yeah. Does that make sense? Um, and also it just helps them to start switch to that parasympathetic nervous system so that rest and digest because they're chewing. Yeah, so same you. with what you... Um, said about giving the handfuls, even though it wasn't at the beginning, you're you're trying to encourage that parasympathetic nervous yeah. system to knock in, yeah, basically, yeah. which is you know, which is great. Um, you know, chewing is 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 pretty relaxing as well for horses. So you know, all the saliva, everything, it does a lot to help them. So food is like a really important thing. Using the wrong type of food is going to get your horse over threshold. It will get him dangling as well probably and getting really over aroused because yes. it just becomes so rewarding. It's that I want more, I want more, I want more. But can you use, so example here, can you use like a jackpot food for, so for example, we're walking out with rum and we're doing some, Nick Nick's doing some liberty leading and we go past a field which has got an open gate and we both me and Nick both know that 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 is like you you know come on that's kind of like woohoo look green field yeah um and could you then use like banana which is Rum's favorite to kind of go get him tuned back in mm-hmm. he's not necessarily over threshold no absolutely but he wants to go somewhere that isn't where you'd yeah. like him to go so then could you pull him back with a banana or if he was over threshold so for example if we're out and i'm trying to think of something that scares him out because it's really quite difficult a crane with a helicopter on okay i haven't seen this when we're out but i'm just trying to think of something that might spook him because he's not very spooky um a crane with a helicopter mm-hmm. comes and he's he he starts to freeze mm-hmm. but you know in that you know when a horse starts to freeze you know you are you going to spin and run or are you going to stay planted Do you, yeah. have you ever had that yeah, feeling yeah, yeah, yeah. could you then bring in that banana that jackpot food or would that then be ignored well it could be ignored if they're way over i suppose but yeah would it, it, be... it depends what state they're in really yeah. like how petrified but they're you, really petrified you could, they're going... of course yeah. you could offer your well, jackpot because food. you kind of what it is about is the same thing as walking past that grass the same thing if there's a big scary monster somewhere mm. you're saying can you just focus on me it's like that person you're only having like an attack and that person looking in your eyes an saying, attack just, just look at me look at me focus yeah, on me okay. and you're like <laughs> you know if you've ever been in that situation and then you're you know, they're like slap yeah exactly they're like focus on me focus. And it's, yeah. I kind of see it with the with the helicopter, whatever it was, the crane, um, like that. Mm. I use I use that all the time. Um, when I'm working with horses, that is to have a higher value reward for the harder stuff. Yes. So going past the field, mm. timing is kind of crucial with that one though. So what you want to be careful of is you want to be prepared for that field coming up mm. because, um. 
uh, if it was me, how I would do a bit like that, and no, the still's coming up now. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to get to focus you to focus on me before that. Yes. Yeah? yeah. Yeah. So here you go, and then you get that. Can you go a little bit more? And I would reward probably more to start off with. Well, we're trying to you know understand that if you stay with me, I am the bringer of everything good. Mm. Um, then I will reward more frequently as well, past that bit. Yes. Go, yeah. I'm really good, I'm yeah. much better than that grass. Um, you know, you you might not always win it, but the more focused you are and the more you're walking with the horse, the more you'll understand those subtle signs of maybe he just looked and then came back to you, click reward. You yes. came back to me, yeah. yeah? Rather yeah. than him going off and then having to bring him back mm -hmm. because mm. um you know it's much easier to start the behavior because once you're in it it's it does it is a bit more difficult to get yeah, out you no, can it, get it, out of it but. yeah it makes sense to um it definitely makes sense to start before it's coming to kind of say build the connection isn't it you're with me you're with me you're with mm -hmm. me and more rewards more rewards and more jackpot rewards as you go past and then yeah ooh, absolutely we did it. Yeah. absolutely yeah. so yeah so food um is really important make sure you're giving the horse mm. the right kind of food. scratches Stop i think kind of work with the over threshold too can work yeah. really well because they can be a little bit don't want to eat because i'm too busy transfixed on that whatever it is yeah 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 absolutely <clears throat> so you're you're scratching them and it's not bringing them down as quick maybe but it's kind of whereas they where they're not interested in the food you're, you're kind of still giving them that it's okay we're, you know you can work through this kind of thing yeah you know, yeah yeah I, yeah I I agree okay. <laughs> I do agree um scratches uh, there's loads of different opinions on the value of scratches and whether they are that reinforcing personally i've worked with quite a few especially hairy cobs that find scratching the most rewarding well, i think it's stuff. an individual thing isn't it yeah I, I there's a lot of discussions about it on facebook as to i i mean i say I think, <laughs> you know, you you got to see your horse. Like, Rum loves a good scratch at He moment. does now. He, ne he didn't in the no. beginning. You could not scratch him. No. He was very wary of touch in any way, mm. grooming, as we know. Yeah. Um, but scratches now are really oh, rewarding. Yeah, and I did the hug recently, which we've been mm. learning through scratches, which was completely fluke. We kind of captured it through a scratch, but mm. um, it it was yeah. He loves he loves a, he loves a good scratch. Oh, yeah, right. But uh, yeah, I agree that some probably. I think there are I think there are areas you need to find the area. So there are you? a lot of horses that I've met <clears throat> on um, that aren't okay with scratches, and. Um, it's not necessarily seen by the person that they're not okay with scratches because yeah. everybody assumes a good old pat and a good old scratch you know every horse <clears> likes <throat> it well for a start patting is not something that a horse really understands at all because it's a very human mm. thing it's not a horse thing mm. um and scratches you know if your horse is moving away or moving around when you scratch um, it, it's probably not enjoying it. Mm. For the exception, with the exception of if your horse is moving around to show you where, where the scratchy scratch, area yeah. is, there's a very yeah. different. But oh, if your uh, horse yeah. looks tense and moves away and is moving around, same with gro grooming. If your mm. horse is moving around while you're grooming, chances are it's really not enjoying mm. the experience. Mm. I think we, we have chatted about that before because I also think that we assume that that our horse is okay with us scratching them. So I know within the herd, within my herd, 
that Run will be scratched and scratches Jim and Flan, but he does not scratch Archie and Pat and would not allow them to scratch him. So it's a very much a, if I want, you know, we will, a mutual thing. And I think sometimes as humans, we don't appreciate that, that, you know, mm-hmm. anybody can come and scratch your horse. Well, actually, no, you can't because you might not be part of their herd. You yeah, know, whether that's absolutely. a human herd or, a, or an equine herd. You know, it's all right. I don't mind if my husband and my mum give me a hug, but you know what? If I don't really know you, I'm not sure I want a hug. You know, that yeah. kind of thing. It's I think it's a, a personal thing. Um, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> so another thing that actually we saw today, didn't we, with good old rum, was <laughs> uh, with the hug. So okay. raising the criteria too yeah, fast yeah. can also cause a horse to go over the threshold. <coughs> yes, yes. So and, and we've had to balance that because we sometimes don't raise the criteria fast enough. So then yeah. that's really hard because, you know, if you don't raise the criteria fast enough, you get this bored horse that then gets a bit frustrated and just walks off or tries to mix it up and marry it up with different behaviours. Mm-hmm. But then if you've got a horse that you um, go move too fast doesn't really understand and might get a little bit snatchy or a little bit um, frustrated again and offer you different behaviours. So it's a real fine line of getting that um, that level, isn't it, of that... that. Yeah, mm. it's, it's, it's constantly checking in with the horse yeah, and making yeah. sure that... Um, which can sometimes be difficult when it's just... You're just by yourself with mm. your horse, but, you know... Um, if you can record stuff too, it's really good because you can look back yes. and kind of see the moment yeah. of, oh, yeah. okay, that's where I went yeah. a little bit wrong. That's where I went a little bit wrong. Um, okay, so don't work with a hungry horse, obviously, is is mm. one of the major tips. Uh, being concise as well. So if you find your horse is getting over threshold, it might be worth asking yourself, am I being concise with what I'm asking? Okay, Mm -hmm. if not, how can I break it down even more? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that I make it really concise. So I make my, you know, because sometimes it gets a bit fumbly with the target and the food and then what we're trying to do. But um, also ask yourself, is, is your food delivery on point? as well that's a really important one so you know we do talk about this roughly three second rule which is quite important for this associative learning to happen so for the horse to be able to make the connection between the the behavior Mm um and the click and the reward you know it kind of all has to happen within a certain amount of time um if it's not, and if the food is, is generally not coming at the same rate, that can cause frustration and that could cause a horse to get a little bit over as well. Be like, where's the food? Hang on, I had it there. So trying mm-hmm. to really practice that. We've talked about tra- practicing that um, movement at home as well. Yes, just yeah. to try. I know it's And not silly. keeping your hand in the bag. And not keeping your hand in the bag. That can also cause a horse to go over the yes. shock. It's, like, yes. it's in the bag. And I know when that hand goes in the bag that there's, there's food quite quickly. But where's the food? The food's not coming. And you're trying to ask it to do something. And you're, it's just like, no, but the hand's in the bag. Yeah. yeah where's the food? Happened. The hand's yeah, in the bag. Yeah, Give me yeah. the fucking food. And I, Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I think that's where things like keeping your head to yourself, which is such an important first behaviour... Um, which I've talked about with a few clients who, all, you know, say to me, oh, I see what you're doing with Rome and blah, 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 blah. And um, it's really good, but I don't want to try it with my horse because they're going to mug me. Yeah. I don't want to try it with my horse because it make them too foody. And um, actually, 
one of the first things you learn is keep your head to yourself. And so you, when I say, you know, stand, you stand and I click and I've got then three seconds to get to his head. <laughs> but, but you know what I mean. Yeah, it's that, yeah. you know, it's that whole thing. And that, that sometimes when you are teaching a new behavior, that does go out the window. I've noticed that with me, uh, you know, and with Rum, that we forget that, keep your head to yourself. And I think that's something I need to keep going yeah. back on and practicing because I think it's one of those really basic early behaviours that are so important because then you don't get that mugging and you don't get the, well, I just did something and no, you clicked and now what? where's my I do, there is one thing I see though that I think is okay um, personally. I mean, it depends it depends on you, but what, what I see generally tends to happen is even with the most well-trained horses, you don't get this complete head straight when that when the hand is being given for food. You get like this gentle turn. Mm. Yeah, it's oh, not yeah. like I must keep it straight because at the beginning, what what happens? Okay, so my favorite thing out of everything out teaching is this is the first introducing the training and keep your head to yourself because you you it's amazing because you literally see the horses just go, oh my god, what I just got this. So let's talk about how you train it first yes, and, then, and yeah. then how it looks it because it, it becomes a behaviour in itself. <clears throat> One of the first things you have to teach them, but they often will really, 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 really try it. Like, so it becomes like quite a strained behaviour mm. and then I don't like that. I no, prefer I when it's much softer. You don't want and them to be like, like, I've got to stand still yeah, because I have that's a horse. what I have to do I, yeah. and I've got to stay here and I will wait for but the But what you'll yeah. see is the head then start that's moving okay. in the opposite direction and up. So I have a horse, Josh, that does it at the centre. So what he does is, I'm really trying, he's holding his head up and his head's getting further and further away and you can see he's putting so much effort and it's like, oh, I just want you to just be relaxed yeah, and stand there, yeah. which is the next thing yes, that you exactly. kind of teach them. You know, relaxation along with the head mm. is, is keeping the head straight oh. is really important. So to teach that, I mean, I usually do it over a stable door because or some kind of protected contact because you don't know what the horse is going to be like okay. um, with food. So I would suggest doing that first I don't always do it like that but I do generally if I can so um what I do is I, I literally I have some food <laughs> in a bag and then obviously you stand beside the horse the horse is going to put its head towards you to try and get the food yeah mm -hmm. and you just wait and I just wait and then as soon as that horse either an eye or an just any movement away from that bag, I click and reinforce. I go, yeah, that's it. And then you do it again. Wait. Wait for that minute and click and reinforce as soon as that head's slightly away. And then you shape that behaviour until that head's straight mm -hmm. or they pick it up really, really quickly. I usually do it before introducing the target. Yes. Um, I don't know. Other people might do it other ways. You know, do it whichever way you want. <laughs> I, I say do whatever you're happy with. Um, but as soon as that head is straight, then I'm rewarding. But, but but then you get this real try, you know, and it's like, I'm holding my head straight, can I have food? I'm holding my head straight, can I have food? So really important, keep that session really short for a start. Because mm -hmm. the more times you do it, the more relaxing it will become because it's not quite so, you know, new and novel. And making sure that you are using something like chaff, something really chewy as well, like, would be good. Um... If you've got a horse that simply isn't getting it, that's where the chewy 
the chewiness of the chap yeah, and stuff's yeah. going to come through. Because what you do <clears> is that give them a really big handful yeah. while they're chewing, yeah. reinforce. Well, because they'll chew with their head straight. So while they're chewing, reinforce that yeah. behavior again and give them a bit more and click, click, reinforce. Still got head, click, reinforce. And I do that like four or five times and then they go oh right okay hang on if I just stay here I'm getting yeah so the aim is to keep the horse stood stillish I mean obviously you don't want it stood like a robot with its head to itself and then you can stand beside it and then as soon as it doesn't turn its head towards the bag or looks away from the bag or the food or whatever you click and then yeah you yeah so you're basically and I I know we did this with Flan who is my little cob who he doesn't mug me because he's not, he doesn't ever bite, but he definitely goes, where's my treat, where's mm. my treat, you know. But I wouldn't say he's a muggy horse. He doesn't push me, if you mm. like, which um, I know some people worry about. But he will, he will kind of go, well, I've done this, where's my treat, you know. Yeah. So we did it with him and he picked it up so quickly because you get what you click. And that's kind mm. of the whole thing, isn't it? Mm, they yeah. learn it so quickly, but also the keeping your head to yourself really helps with the stand behaviour because they are standing when they keep their head to themselves. So you've already taught two behaviours in one to a certain extent because you've got your keep your head to yourself mm -hmm. and you're also stood still. So now you just need to build on that, which is then can, could be great for the mountain block if you've got a horse that walks off from the mountain block. Yeah. So yeah, <coughs> that behaviour could be used with that, you know? So yeah. if you can teach that, if you can teach your horse to keep his head to himself and that horse struggles with standing still at the mountain block, you've all, you're already halfway there, aren't Yeah, you? yeah, and, and it's it's just so much fun. It <laughs> is. It's so much fun. Um, so I was going to say something else, now I've forgotten it, which is the story of my life. Um, <laughs> no, I can't remember. I lost it. I lost well, it'll it. come back. It will come back. Um, okay, so a couple more things about being over threshold. Um Oh, this is a great one. Now, was it? I think it was Shauna who told me this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give Shauna the credit for this okay. because I'm pretty sure she was the one who told me this. And I'm really sorry, anyone else, if it was you guys. Um, so when you have the food in your hand, so if you're using something like chaff, something that is more than you know one piece, so a handful of right, something, yes, yeah. yeah. So when you go to reward, don't leave your hand there for them to finish yeah, the mouthful. Yeah. Put it, let them take one mouthful, put the hand back in the bag. Even if you've got stuff back in the bag, put it back in, okay? So even if you've got stuff on your hand left, they haven't taken the whole... Yeah, you just chuck it back okay. in, let them take the one bite. Now that is because if you let them, and I'm going to do this, I'm going to show you, Becky, but I don't know how well it's going to come over the podcast. Right. Um, but obviously if you've got, um, if they're kind of eating and they're like trying to get more hum, hum, yeah hum. yeah so they're snatching you right? it encourages that grabbing yeah yeah because yeah? they're like hum, hum, which more. you can get in the beginning sometimes when you start the training i think yes there are quite a lot of things that can happen but luckily there are a lot of ways that you can mm. fix them mm. as well like with rum and rum also used to be a bit of a biter and yeah. you know and all that stuff but that all completely changed so that's another tip. Another um, thing, and I'm pretty sure I learnt this, I'm going to credit this one to the connection training ladies, I think, Okay. Um, was about the behaviours that you're teaching. So, be careful of 
the behaviours that you're teaching. So things like Spanish walk and play behaviours are very close to sexual behaviors oh, in the world okay, right because yeah. play is how they how they learn to like mount mm-hmm. each other um because these can evoke the emotions mm. and 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 get them over a threshold yeah so be really careful of the stuff that you're Do you know teaching. i was look learning about birds and um <laughs> i know but but it's interesting so with a bird so say you've got a pet bird and you you um you what you if you if you stroke it under its wings over its wings and all over its body it's yes. quite hormonal and um it's not really allowed it's kind of, it brings on sex it can bring on sexual feelings and they can start to regurgitate on you which is obviously what they do to do their they? mates yeah yeah they, 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 yeah, they do they other. regurgitate they eat and then they regurgitate and share the food and <laughs> it's kind of a love thing but it but it can what? make the bird very hormonal and then of course what happens is you make that bird very hormonal but that bird can't fulfill that need so, be really so then it gets cross and yeah. frustrated and then you might get the biting or the screaming or the flying at you and head bombing you which if you put back down to the to the horses is similar thing of you getting them sexually excited mm. and then but they can't they can't exercise that mm. feeling mm-hmm. then you might cause them to bite or you might cause them to to race at you or you know yeah. do you see what I mean yeah. you've got to be really really careful because yeah. it's not you know it's not fair so I didn't realize the Spanish walk I suppose it does it for I don't know why it's posture <clears throat> posturing is that what's called yeah, so posturing? Yeah. So that is a very kind of stallion esque. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. So um, I think that I don't want to teach from that. Not, not because no, I don't. It just, just doesn't sh- do anything for it me. It also worries me a little bit. I did, yeah. I did a long time ago. Obviously, our stimulus control. I taught it once to. Um, Daisy the Shire <laughs> back when I was very first learning about training and I was by myself so I made all the mistakes I could and we didn't have very good stimulus control and it was pretty dangerous I'm not yeah. gonna lie she used, we'd just be standing against do something and she's like there going oh no look I can't it's right out. It's great I don't want that leg yeah exactly no stop stop bless um, yeah. yeah I don't want to learn that no no um fair enough uh what was oh um if you get into trouble if your horse is over threshold and and this is something i always tell people because what can happen is you get a little bit like this behavior's not happening they're getting over the threshold then you're kind of getting over the threshold Mm. and they can really build and then you're like ah what do i do just grab a handful of your food and chuck it on the floor and just just walk away from it. Just let your horse... Don't walk out of sight. Just walk... Just take a couple of steps to the side. Just let your horse just engage that seeking system again. Mm-hmm. And just focus on sniffing out that food and getting it. That will help just bring them down. Put them back into that parasympathetic nervous system. Give some... You know, it's better than giving the handfuls by by mouth. Just just chuck it. And that helps to dissipate that yeah, all that built idea. up. And it takes away that pressure and that energy, doesn't it? Yeah, 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 exactly. The energy that's building between the two of you. Yeah, and then maybe... Yeah, and then maybe you then go, right, okay, well, we'll go back to our target, we'll go back to our real basic stuff. Or, okay, no, we're just going to have a jackpot, and you know what? Mm. That is today, Mm. and that's okay. Yeah. So, um, there's lots... I'm sure there's loads of other stuff that we um, could talk about... 
But uh, I think the final one is about drilling, which I think is quite important, about this drilling to perfection and not doing that. (laughs) Because I think that that can put a lot of pressure I think there's a massive amount of pressure for perfection in the equine world and I think that that's something that needs to change and probably will change over the years. But I know that there's very much pressure with the horses that we ride, with the horses, how they look. I've got clients who really could have... Be, really could do with a nice little pony but they go and buy themselves a off the track thoroughbred because mm. they like the look of it think they look nice on them and they're scared crapless of their horses and it's just silly you I know, know? And you think you just have fun I know it's the fun it I does know. we could do our whole I swear every podcast they go oh, we could do a podcast on this but you know that kind of what everyone else thinks compared yeah. to actually whether you're having a good time or enjoying yourself yeah. or not I know, so perfection Perfection doesn't need to be anything other than you are perfect as you are and your horse is perfect as they are. Absolutely. And that's how I feel about it. But I think... Oh, that's I, a nice little, nice little sum up. It little is. conclusion, isn't it? It is a little conclusion. I think we put too much, too much pressure on ourselves and our horses to be perfect when we, we can't be. But as long as we get the most of the ideas of what we need to do, then that's fine. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Are we ending it there? I think so. Okay. Think... <laughs> well done. Beautiful. If you'd like to make contact with either Kate or myself, you can contact us via Facebook. We are Little Green Stables or Ecological Positive Partnerships. Or you can check me out, Becky, on my website, www.littlegreenstables.com. We'd really like to make our podcast interactive. So if you have any questions or anything you'd like us to discuss, then that would be great. So send us a message either via our website or via our Facebook, Instagram and YouTube channels. Thanks. Bye bye. Thank you.